Hello. Hi. 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 Hello. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about building open, authentic, loving relationship. I'm curious about jealousy. I'm curious about polyamory. Does it just mean that you're fucking all the time? How can I tell my parents that my partner is already married? I'm curious about... How do you know when you're too busy to have another relationship? I'm curious about dominant and subordinate relationships. I'm curious about sexual health. How can relationships evolve with people as they grow and change? Uh-oh. He wants attention from Tyler. Taylor, love me. Oh, you have to love me. What's going on? You have to love me. But then don't love me too much. <laughs> I have attachment issues. Okay, let's start. Hi, welcome to the Curious Fox podcast. This podcast is for those who challenge the status quo in love, sex, and relationships. My name is Effie Blue. And I'm Jacqueline Misla. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about fidelity. More specifically, how love and loyalty can be manifested without fidelity. Absolutely. So... This story starts with me, actually, now. I, this weekend, I have been thinking a lot about fidelity. I am in two relationships, and we, so inherent in that is that there is not necessarily fidelity to one person, uh, emotional or physical fidelity to one person. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, I feel like the way in which I have crafted these two relationships, it's almost like two monogamous relationships mm-hmm. and I believe mm-hmm. you and I have talked about this a lot that that happens to be a pattern of folks particularly you go from monogamous to non-monogamous relationships that you just start having multiple monogamous relationships um, and so in in some dialogue with my partner this weekend we started to talk through for me what feels like the inevitability of me wanting to connect with somebody and while I don't think I have the capacity for another kind of full-blown relationship I do think that it is a part of who I am to want to connect, to want to flirt, to want to have interesting dialogue with people um, at different levels. And I think that that was hard and and triggering for, for my partner. And so in that conversation, when we were talking about, well, if there isn't fidelity, then what? Mm -hmm. My answer was integrity. And that was an answer I've stolen from you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a good one. Definitely a contender. contender. So I wanted to just talk about it with you today because it's been on my mind. For sure. I did a, not the last Curious Fox, the Curious Fox before that. I did a talk on- Consider This. Consider This, I'm sorry. The last Consider This. I, my talk was called, if not fidelity, then what? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that comes up very often. It's because societally, that's how we des- define relationships, right? A relationship at its highest value is defined by fidelity. Mm-hmm. And often we then, it's interesting, we sort of say fidelity is what defines that's, you know the, val- the relationship at its highest value. And then we reduce the, the meaning of fidelity to no sex. Mm. That's kind of how it plays out. Um, but if you actually go back to the original word, um, fidelity, I actually pulled it up. Um, the definition is faithfulness to a person, cause, or a belief demonstrated by continuing loyalty and support. Mm. Um, so unfortunately, we, when we use it in the context of relationships, we do reduce this like amazing idea of like being loyal and supportive and, and, and faithful to just this idea of like, we're gonna do that through not having sex with others, mm-hmm. which I personally think is a very reductive way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. And- um, Could you can be physically 
faithful, but still not be good in that relationship, For not sure. be supportive or respectful yeah. or loyal in other ways. Yeah, totally. And um, I, you know, and I, uh, the reason why I say integrity as an answer is just to give people a like, oh, there's something else that they can think about. I don't necessarily think that that it is the answer. I think it is a a good answer and it is a good contender. Um, as, as a value. And the idea is to think about it as a, okay, well, let's create a value system around the relationship rather than an activity, mm-hmm. right? So at the moment, if we go back to this, the original reductive idea of fidelity, it's about not having sex with, other, with others, which is essentially you're defining a relationship through an activity, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's, you know, reductive. Potentially... What, I, what I'm ad- advocating for is going back to its original meaning, which is to be faithful to a, a person, cause, or a belief. Um, and then, okay, so let's now then define what that, that person, cause, and a belief is. And then we continue, um, and then we demonstrate that faithfulness through loyalty and support. Right. Yes. And integrity is that. In- integrity is, uh, I mean, my favorite definition of integrity is uh, the way the, the Brene Brown's version, which is um, to, to to do what you say and say what you do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so that's kind of like big, you know, mm-hmm. headline answered that question. Yeah. Um, and integrity is just one of the values. I, the, the work that I do with clients in sessions is about let's figure out the value system for the relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. What do you want the relationship to feel like, to sound like, to 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 create in the world right because for me that would be integrity would be that you we are going to be in alignment with what we have agreed mm-hmm. what you, me and this other person or people have agreed that that is going to happen that i am going to stay true to that mm-hmm. up until the point that that no longer feels true for me mm-hmm. then we're going to have a conversation about that and we're going to we we're going to decide together what that means Mm -hmm. i think that when particularly when i was having this conversation this weekend what what was i think the thing that was triggering was the fear the fear that one person would move further before the other that one that there would be emotional uh connection or physical connection that would happen before the other person was ready or before they knew or before there. And as much as possible, I think in that conversation, the goal is to move through this journey together. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that every each person is going to be on the same page and ready for something at the same time, but that at least there'll be dialogue about that and try to minimize surprises. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, within that particular relationship, that's what integrity looks like, that they're to minimize surprises, to have dialogue along the way, to talk about where we're at and what that means for us. Where in my other relationship, when we've been together much longer and, and there isn't that that fear doesn't manifest itself in that way to have integrity with each other looks different. We have different guidelines, if you will, around what that means. Sure. I would challenge it a little bit. Yeah. Right. So. <clears throat> The, la- the the level that you're describing this is like, and you, you even use the verb happen, like what's going to happen in the relationship. Mm-hmm. I would challenge that a little bit and say um, it might be worth looking at what what the relationship is going to be rather mm-hmm. than what's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So this is what I mean about, so like the things that you've described, which is to have c- communication. And, and so what I would do is translate those into a, values not activities yes but values right so um good communication 
is a, you know, like communication is a, is a need and, and a good value, right? Um, and integrity is actually also a value, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and the other thing that I heard from you, like if I was going to translate what I heard is really mutuality. Yes. You know, so... I, I think once you are able to get to the core values of what you're trying to establish within the relationship, mm-hmm. um, then you won't have to monitor and po- police behavior by behavior by behavior. I agree with you. No, that makes complete mm-hmm. sense to me. Yes. Uh, because I also think, you know, we were having the conversation about like when things just happen, like people mm-hmm. say like, well, it just happened. And, you know, for, personally for me, and, and maybe I have shown up to the world more disciplined than, you know, in, in principled, but I, my be- I've allowed my behavior to happen. Like I've allowed mm-hmm. things to happen. Mm-hmm. I've made decision after decision that I leaned in closer for the kiss or I lingered longer mm-hmm. when I shouldn't have or I put myself in positions you to chose. allow you behavior, choices. right, yeah. to allow that behavior to take place. And so I, I I, don't, I wouldn't make the excuse like, well, that thing, you know, we just happened to kiss mm-hmm. and that just happened. Like I, I allowed that, that to happen. And so I think you're right. I appreciate your pushback around the something to happen mm-hmm. because I do think that it's all behaviors and decisions. And I agree that it was what we're trying to do is figure out what what are the values that we agree on mm-hmm. that then we will make good choices in alignment with those values. Exactly. And mm-hmm. exactly. And I think then we don't we're not stuck with this idea of fidelity in this reductive sense of like not having sex with people, right? Mm-hmm. Or or in and and I think a lot of the time, especially people, you know, there's a lot of talk around agreements around relationships, right? So like when you first opening up a relationship, if you're in an existing couple, you have agreements, right? right. Most people actually kind of start with rules. That's how rules, right. Right? right? So hopefully they'll do a bit of research. And let's actually could we pause there for a second? Yeah. Because sometimes I think that they're used like you know, interchangeably guidelines, mm-hmm. rules, promises, mm-hmm. things like that. But they're not. No. There is difference between those language, For between sure. a rule and a guideline or some. Can you talk through the differences? Yeah. I'm actually just I'm exactly gonna do that. Um because I, I know that in some cases when we talked, for example, about relationship anarchy, mm-hmm. people were uh shocked and awe in some cases in in that room around wait but there are no rules how mm-hmm. could there be no rules mm-hmm. and i think the folks who were talking about their relationship says well there are agreements that we make with the people that we're with and with ourselves that we want to stay right. in, in integrity with but there aren't no necessarily rules right 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 so the things that get confused are rules agreements promises and boundaries Mm. right that's like those those words kind of get mixed up and we use them interchangeably um and they 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 all have a place i think Mm -hmm. i I don't necessarily believe in like no you only have one of those things yes i think that we need to understand the quality of whatever those things are yes all right let's go do it okay so boundaries boundaries are um things that are not okay so personal boundaries, we say we have a boundary um, and I think boundaries are personal mm-hmm. and, and in this most simple form, boundaries are things that are not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I use boundaries in other ways to get people to understand um, sort of, um, you know, different concepts. And, other- and not okay to be done to me, not not okay that you do. Right. Personal. That's a, right. Because yes, exactly. you can't say it's not okay for you not to, you know, to eat meat. That's not okay. Right. That's not a boundary. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. Right. Exactly. So. Boundaries are personal and things that are not okay for you. Right. You're not allowed to touch me or you're not allowed to... Right. Whatever. Right. Exactly. That's my exactly. own boundary. It's my boundary. Um, next one is rules. Rules are often about other people. Right. Right. What so they can or cannot do. What, exactly. What they are, they can, they, they can, they cannot do. And when you say, you know, we have rules, 
often if you look at the structure of the rules it's one person telling to the they, there's a list right. of things of one person telling to the other, other person what, they're what, they're, what they can or cannot do right, right. and it, it's into you know it could be like 10 rules you know like four of them one person's imposing on the other one and six of them the other but ultimately mm -hmm. it's about it's about the other what you're telling people what to do and what not to do yes now um if if you feel if that's okay if that's you're okay with that I, i'm not against that mm -hmm. you know if that's what your relationship is going to built on fine and fair as long as you're you're aware of these distinctions that we're making now and you understand like you know rules are rules mm -hmm. um and if that you want to have rules then you have to realize right. that's what it is and neither of you are rebellious in nature. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly, exactly. And some people thrive around rules, you right. know? Well, I was going to say, when you're playing, sometimes rules are fun. Right, Because exactly. then you're, you know, you don't want to break them or sometimes you do want to break them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so we got boundaries, we got rules. Next one is agreements, yes. right? Agreements are conditions that the both parties negotiate and agree upon. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a, they are, they, 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 are and and should really be negotiated yes. um some of them seem like no-brainers like we of course we agree on that like of course we agree on you know safer sex mm -hmm. right it's an easy one um so so agreements are things that you agree upon um uh, is conditions that you agree upon as a, as a collective be it two three or five or whatever that is um and then promises mm -hmm. promises are things that one person um, promises to another person mm. and just because I promise something to you doesn't mean that you promise that that you are then up, um, uphold upheld mm -hmm. by that promise right mm -hmm. and I can do that I can make a promise to you um, and I might you know it, and the promises don't necessarily require mutuality got it right mm -hmm. that makes sense. so it's kind of the, the direction in which things go yes does yes. that make sense yes yes I happen to think the thing that kind of cuts through all of that and makes all of this really easy is values mm -hmm. which kind of for me falls around agreements like agreeing on values i find kind of clarifies everything else that we talked about don't we though don't within that don't you have to talk about how those values are manifested to ensure that there's mutuality around the behaviors that fall in line with those values Say that one more time. So if we both value honesty, mm -hmm. but honesty for you means you won't lie to me. Honesty mm -hmm. for me means full transparency. Mm -hmm. We are interpreting the value of honesty and the behavior around that differently. Mm -hmm. So won't there have to be discussion around how that behavior manifests or rather how the, the value is manifested into behavior? Yes. So two things. You definitely need to be on the same page about what that value is mm -hmm. right so you do need to talk about that two there needs to be tolerance for ambiguity mm -hmm. none of these things are communication is flawed there is glitches in the system it's not clear right so um you, you know you, there needs to be a um assumption of goodwill yeah um there needs to be approach of like I, you don't want to get you know you also don't want to approach it like how can i game the system mm -hmm. right so it's both an assumption of goodwill, also good intentions on, on either side. Mm -hmm. And definitely communication around like, what does that value mean to me? Like to, to talk yeah. about it. Some things are, you know, some things are clear and some things aren't. Yeah. And these things aren't done like, you know, in half an hour on the back of a napkin, mm -hmm. you know, it's a good place to start. 
I, a lot of my good ideas are, are come from back of the napkins. <laughs> <laughs> but those three things that you named that you're just like, oh, you know, it shouldn't be around you trying to protect yourself or like trying to f- plan out for the future. I'm like, those are the hardest things. Like that's uh-huh. that's that's what all of us are actually trying to do behind the scenes is you try to protect yourself by by creating you know, f- rules or whatever it is in this, in the hope that then that's going to stop you from being hurt. You try to plan way out into the future, 10 steps ahead, again, in the spirit of protecting yourself. And so, so much of our behavior is rooted in that. For some people. Yeah. Right. And again, that's like the, 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 the thing that I go back to often is this, the, the tolerance for amb- ambiguity. Mm-hmm. For some people, um, they do have a sensitive disposition around feeling safe right and they mm-hmm. they they want to feel safe and they their strategies around that need for safety and it could be um they the, the strategy they prefer most is as as little ambiguity as possible as much clarity as mm-hmm. possible as as much solid answers as possible um but it's a you know it's not gonna you're not gonna get that right and i imagine it's aligned with attachment style in some ways, right? So if you are somebody who has an insecure attachment and you are inclined to need more, like the, you're the octopus, mm-hmm. you need more more time, attention, effect, then you probably want more clarity, more rules, mm-hmm. more. And if you're somebody, if you're the turtle and you need more space, then you need actually less. You want, you want people to ask you less questions. You want less imposition. So that makes sense to me then that safety will translate differently depending on how you show up to relationships and how Absolutely. you show up to yourself. That makes yeah. sense. And by the way, safety is also a value. Mm-hmm. Right, it could be one of the values that you assign to your relationship, and if mm-hmm. you do, you do need to get into this. Like, yeah. what 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 does it take for you to feel safe? Yeah, you know. And those of us who have, you know, trauma, and pretty much everybody has trauma in their history. Um, just the severity is different. Um, we do need to look at that. Uh, you to just to figure out what kind of an impact that may or may not have in our life today. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes we might be coming to this idea of safety not from our present disposition, but from a past experience. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of like the safety switch is kind of stuck. And we're like, we're unsafe, we're unsafe, we're unsafe. And you're like, are you, are you really unsafe? Like, Mm -hmm. or the, you know, something happened in the past and, and you were unsafe in that moment and the safety switch kind of got stuck. And now it's like, it's like coming out for you in relationships. And, and that is really apparent for some people who've had like, like, big t trauma like yeah. big trauma and for other people if it's not if it's not like such an obvious trauma it's kind of running in the background and they don't realize yeah can we let's let's can we talk through that a little bit i want to like it's, it, it feels in my mind we're like going down like a spiral like <laughs> yeah, let's get deeper and deeper yeah. into this because this i'm wondering what your thoughts are around in are about around the responsibility of each person to attend to that pain, that fear, that those triggers that are being um, triggered mm-hmm. regarding the trauma. I, I'm interested in that. I, I wrote a post recently that about, you know, I'm sorry that my truth causes you pain. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's the experience of a lot of folks who I have conversations with, that their truth around either their gender identity or their sexual identity or their orientation regarding being monogamous or non-monogamous may cause their family, their friends, or their partner's pain. And 
really that could be about the other person, something mm-hmm. in them, some some safety or, or not feeling safe is being triggered. And what's the responsibility of each person to man that, to address that? So there is definitely a huge school of thought, right, that says that nobody can make you feel anything. Mm-hmm. There is that school of thought. You, 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 you feel how you feel based on choice, experience, wherever you are, and that the other person can't technically like make you feel a certain way now i have a you know that's like there's there is a um real um school of thought that's very kind of militant about that i take a little softer approach to that because i think um if someone's right up in your face and screaming at you um sure they can't make you feel a certain way but those conditions Mm. you know we are also human Mm -hmm. right we also have some automatic reactions built in um and you you know you feel how you feel you can be some zen master and be like absolutely zen when someone's right up in your face and like screaming at you yeah just but in the real world that's just not what you Mm -hmm. know that's just not what how it's gonna you know how it's gonna happen in in reality Uh, you know and that's an extreme example i'll give you like a a more subtle example if somebody is showing around you know if somebody if you're if you're if you're living with somebody right cohabiting with somebody and they suddenly start become start um becoming very possessive over their phone like normally Mm -hmm. when they would leave it around they like start hiding it they maybe even change their pass you know password on it or whatever like there's a shift in behavior to say that that's not going to have an impact on anybody is unrealistic, mm-hmm. right? Now, what you do with that behavior, what you do with that feelings, whatever comes up is, is you know, we, a conversation that we can have. Mm-hmm. But to sort of just assume that your 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 actions have no impact on yeah. the other person. I think that's an unrealistic. Yes, and that makes sense to me. The distinction that I also hear you saying between a reaction and response that we may not be able to control our reaction, which is how we feel, mm-hmm. but we can control our response, which right. is how we behave in response to that feeling. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I say this all the time. The difference between reaction and response is a pause. Yes. You know, yes. um, and to go, how do I want to respond to that? Right. And some of us have access to that pause and some of us don't. And yes. it's a muscle. And that's why, like, we talk about meditation. Like, meditation works that exact muscle right. that you can have a pause to check in with yourself to, to describe, your, to then think about your behavior, yes. you know, and, and make a choice around that. Yes. Um, so, uh, to go back to the example that I shared in the beginning with my partner, I'm deeply in love and do not want them at all to feel triggered to feel insecure to feel concerned about my loyalty about my my integrity within that relationship and so i do feel a sense of responsibility when they do feel triggered to remind them that we're going to go through this together that there aren't going to be steps that i'm going to take without having you know dialogue and i understand that that's also their responsibility to mm-hmm. not be triggered by every conversation that I have or to not be concerned every time I, you know, am engaged in a conversation with somebody that we both have a responsibility for me to show up in integrity and to to sit in their pain or their concern or their worry. And they have to manage through that. Right, right. I think it's not, I, again, I just want to challenge that a little bit. It's not that the responsibility not to be triggered because mm-hmm. the whole point about fair. being triggered is that you are triggered. Yes, fair. If you, if you could choose the trigger, then it wouldn't be a trigger, yes. right? So the, the the thing is not that that they, it's their responsibility not to be triggered, but to know what to do about it when yes, they are triggered. Yes. To recognize the triggers. Um, I mean, if you were like get to ninja level, you kind of recognize that what I call precursors. Mm-hmm. So like the moment before you're triggered, mm-hmm. right? Or the thing that you know is going to trigger you. Mm-hmm. And then you're able to work in that pause, mm-hmm. right? Because so, the pause 
after a trigger is a much harder place to like right. navigate than the pause before a trigger. Right, because you're not emotionally intelligent now. You're right. trying to just get back to your wise mind exactly. to make a choice. Like your frontal lobe shut down, right? Yes. You're in your amygdala, in cave membrane, your frontal lobe is shut down to then to like, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd need like an like <laughs> zen place to be like, okay, now like <laughs> right. pause life. I right. want to like re-engage my frontal lobe right, and like right. get into a reasonable, <laughs> it's just, so if you can like really work with your triggers. So I think the responsibility is to work with your triggers to understand, to get to a polis, polis place of self-knowledge, um, do some work on like what those triggers are, how to handle them, like next level, like learn your precursors. Mm-hmm. What is, what causes a trigger? Can you put things and in place? And you can feel it in your body. You can feel your jaw tighten. You can feel your hands clench. You can feel your stomach tighten. Like there, if if you're wondering to yourself, well, how do I figure out my precursors? Your body is going to tell you. If you stay in tune there, you can feel yourself clenching. Yes. Bracing and, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the, the trick is, the important part is that you stay in tune to your body. Yes. The struggle is people with, depending on your, your, um, the severity of your trauma, mm-hmm. a part of trauma is a disconnection from the body, mm-hmm. right? Is if you are disconnect from your body, um, and a lot of people who str- struggle with trauma are disconnected from their body, you're not getting the signals. Mm-hmm. That's why they're being triggered, mm-hmm. right? So this is why you need to work backwards. And, and b- mind-body connection is something that I think we don't talk enough about around trauma. Um, a lot of therapy around trauma is what they call top-down, so talk therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know my personal journey on anybody that I work with, if anybody is dealing with trauma, there needs to be bottom up. You need to be able to integrate the body back into the mind. Yes. So you're absolutely right. Your body will tell you when you're about to be triggered or when you are triggered. You need to work on the mind-body connection. Being in tune. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to what you're saying, your responsibility is to remain aligned with the values that you agree you mm-hmm. agreed upon and that your behavior is, is, is reflecting those. And then you feel like you're in integrity. Mm-hmm. It's kind of where, you, like the boundary up to which that you can control, right? Mm-hmm. And from, from then onwards, it's the person's or your partner's um, willingness, desire, hard work around their makeup, yes. right? So their... Um, learning about their triggers, learning about their emotional um, well-being, learning about self-soothing, learning about emotional regulation, mm-hmm. um, you know, having, getting that mind-body connection, you know, whether it's through the easiest way actually is yoga, but also dance, moving meditation, there's a bunch mm-hmm. of other ways of doing it. That's, and that's self-care and that's their responsibility. Mm-hmm. So there is a line, mm-hmm. there is a line. Now, going back to that example, if you now suddenly start hiding your phone right. or being cagey or whatever, then you're not doing, you're not in integrity. Mm-hmm. You're not in integrity of the values that you agreed upon. Mm-hmm. Then you are affecting them. Mm-hmm. You know yes. what I mean? They can, you know, work on everything. But if you're then bringing that energy in, if you're out of integrity, I think it's unfair to expect, expect the other person is going to be just fine because they're <laughs> keep, you know, because right. you can't make them feel anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is, I think is also really important because if we're, we're, this whole topic is about fidelity and what that looks like. And it sounds like the first step is having agreement around what that means, what integrity, what loyalty, even what fidelity looks like within a relationship mm-hmm. and defining that. And then staying in tune and staying close to that definition of that and not necessarily. So it's not about sexual exclusivity or emotional exclusivity, but it could be the behaviors around which you are protecting information or protecting yourself. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it could be 
about sexual poly yes. fidelity is a thing yes right so fidelity in its sexual form so like sexual let's call it sexual fidelity mm-hmm. um we assign sexual fidelity to monogamy right. right so two people having sex with one another sexual fidelity um again a little reductive because if we go back to the original um meaning of fidelity which is to, to be faithful right you can say we we have the, you know there's there's me and my wife in your case me and my partner mm-hmm. and those are the, the, the and we have sexual fidelity among the three of us right right so that's polyfidelity yes so it's not that you can be open yes and have sexual fidelity yes yes if it's your design yes and i would say that's actually where we're at right now right. i am yes i would say that i am polyfidelitous and even within that, though, having conversations around in the same way, honestly, a monogamous couple would. And we say this all the time that that all the lessons that we're, we're talking through as we relates to non-monogamy are applicable in a monogamous construct around is flirting then within that line or is fantasizing about someone else within that line or is spending time with someone else within that line. Like what falls actually under fidelity is a conversation that we have. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would... Um Again, it goes, it, it, the way that you're having the conversation is on the happening, the doing, on the yes. activity level, right? Yes. I would see, I would be interested in like making those lists. Like the way that I would work with a client is that, okay, list, I'm a big fan of meeting people where they're at, right? Mm-hmm. Telling them what they're doing wrong is not a good way to get people like excited about what they're doing. So I would say, okay, write all those things down. Like the doing stuff, mm-hmm. flirting, the like get those down um, and then see if you can back into the values that you're trying to preserve, mm-hmm. right? Because what you will be trying to do is we're either trying to create something and preserve something or we're trying to prevent something. Those are your, mm. actually, those are your things. Trying right? to create, prevent. Oh, you're create, preserve, or prevent. Ah, create, preserve, or, present, or prevent. Right. Got it. So often mm-hmm. the, the doing stuff that you're doing, it's going to be one of those things. Yes. Right? And through through figuring out what you're trying to create preserve or prevent you'll get to the values mm. and then once you nail the values then you're not gonna you, you're, not, you're not gonna have to write a script per behavior because yes. you're never gonna get that right okay all right so what if the thing that one partner is trying to either create preserve or protect prevent yeah, prevent sure. pre- create preserve or pre- prevent is that there is not alignment there so, for example, you know, with my, I think my partner was, is new to non-monogamy. And so this was the first non-monogamous relationship they were in. And because I, I came inherent with my daughter and my wife, I think that that was like a package deal that they understood was going to be a part of my life. And so like, okay, we, I, can, I can get over that. But now anything new, that feels, that feels very different. Mm-hmm. And so I think for them, they do want to prevent actually other connections or other relationships. I think mm-hmm. that they've, you know, are comfortable with this particular dynamic, but wouldn't want me to spend more time and kind of have, yeah, more time, energy or emotional connection with with somebody else. So what they're trying to prevent is different than what I, the, the, mm-hmm. the circumstances I would create for yeah. myself. Yeah. I mean, and and here you are, right? So this is this is. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. That was the episode. <laughs> yeah, and we're done. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, this, this, yeah. The, the, these are the the nuances of relationships when right. you get into it, right? right. And this right. is where the pull and push starts. This is when the, the negotiation starts. Yes. And what's interesting, and I'm I'm wondering about your experience in this. I'm sure that you have sat across many a couple or many a person in in front of you who's talked through, but I'm okay with it. 
right? But why aren't they? And so there's this distinction in, in my household. We talk about platinum rule. So as children, we are taught golden rule that we should treat others the way we want to be treated. And we have elevated in that in my household and said that we want to go platinum rule. It's not about treating others how you want to be treated. It's treating them how they want to be treated. Mm-hmm. That's the next level up. And but that that can become challenging because if my partner tells me about them flirting with somebody else or they think someone else is cute or something like that, there's like little bits of jealousy that'll get triggered, but it shows up for me in a more of a playful way and I show up actually much more kind of curious and interested and ooh, tell me more about that and because I have that reaction I do want them to have that reaction and so when they show up really seriously jealous and not happy about it I say but when you tell me about crushes that you have I don't create this at negative energy around it. Mm-hmm. And so even though I know and I preach the, you know, the, the sermon of, of platinum rule, I still go back to that in my own mind of, but I'm happy for you. Why can't you be happy for me? Yeah, people are different, right? And we also talk about um, symmetry versus sym- um, sym- symmetry versus synergy, mm. right? It, I think it's also mm. an unrealistic expectation to think that there's going to be always symmetry in the relationship. Right. Um, and, you know, the example that I often give is like, so we're right now, the team is in, 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 uh, in the office. <laughs> so we have four people in the, in the room. Yes. And um, lunch is upon us. Right. Um, and if we, you know, when it's lunchtime, magically a table appears with abundant with, with um, food of mm-hmm. all types. And if I then say to everybody, OK, everyone, we're all going to have the same amount of food. And by the way, I'm not so hungry today. <laughs> right. And then I could have one of you go, oh, no, neither am I. And then one be like, are you kidding me? I haven't had I haven't had dinner last night. I haven't had breakfast this morning. I'm starving. What do you mean? I have to have the same amount. Right. And the other person be like, oh, sure. Like, I'll, I'll have whatever is happening. Right. So it's like it's the same idea mm-hmm. to, to say that to expect that everyone's going to approach something and it's going to be same for everyone. It's unrealistic because everyone's expectations are different. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So what you ideally want to get to is synergy mm-hmm. where people are getting whatever they need out of it. It doesn't necessarily have to be. And, and that it works, right? Because where, for example, where it might not work is that if I then come to that dinner table or that lunch table and be like, I want it all. No right. one's getting any food but me, yeah. right? Or if I like cough all over it, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, <laughs> right? So then, then, then it's not synergy. I'm like ruining it for everyone, right? right? But, but if I approach and I'd be like, everyone, you know, help yourselves to whatever you need mm-hmm. without policing what everyone, every, each and every one person's eating that synergy. Yes. Yes. No, that, and that makes sense to me. I think I, what I'm, what I want to normalize is there is a cost to, there's an emotional cost to growth and all these things. And so I think to your, your point before the Zen approach is that is to be like, you can show up different. I'm going to show up different. And I, and I work to get there. And there are moments of frustration. Oh. There are, there are moments of, you know, watching them be the beneficiary of my safe space for them to share out all their crushes and feeling frustrated, you know, that I don't have that same welcomed response when I talk about, you know, people who I'm crushing on. And so, but that's just, yeah. yeah. I have a question for you. Sure. Um, Genuinely deep down. Yes. When you are on the receiving side of that, so your your partner's coming to you and they're like sharing their crushes. Yeah. Um, are you truly feeling like you're, what you just said, which is kind of playful, playful and curious? Are those your like authentic feelings, mm-hmm. or 
are you laying down the groundwork of like, well, I am doing this now it's because that's question. what I want. That's, yes. that is, am I signaling to you that's yes. what I want? It's a fantastic question because I have I have in my past self been highly manipulative. So it is, it is actually the right question to ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are moments when because it was such a pattern for me, because for so long I had lived these two lives of meeting external expectations outside and having this like secret life on the inside that I that I wanted to tap into, I would find ways in which to let that inner self out and would do that via manipulation. So there are moments even now, years later, where I have to check myself because it could be so far deep mm-hmm. in that, that intentionality. Um, I don't think that's the case. I think that I really do feel secure in my relationship. And so I am actually not concerned that a crush will turn into a surprise for me or us because I believe that we'll work that through together. Um, So I think that's what's rooted in my curiosity and playfulness around it. I actually never showed up that way. Even my high school and college relationships, someone I'd probably be the first one to to, to point out if someone was attractive in the room. You know, Mm -hmm. if I was with a boyfriend, I would say, look at her. She's gorgeous. Like Mm -hmm. that was just how I showed up. Um, And I think that's rooted in my security. And I'm sure that there are moments where I think to myself, even if it's unconscious, Mm -hmm. I'm going to show up supportive because in the future I'm going to want to get that back. Right. Right. And I think that's where I think that's when it becomes, I think it, when, when you're setting it up that way, yeah. then when you don't get it back, there's a, there's an underlying subtle expectation. Right. There. Reciprocity. Right. Expectation. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, uh, you know, I, yeah. I, I would almost, I, I don't think that is the case, but I, I have to check myself for it. If I'm being yeah, honest. I mean, yeah. it's just, I mean, I'll give you a personal example. Um, I am never hard on people who are late because I am terrible at timekeeping. I am annoyed when people are late, but I never make it obvious or I never say anything because I know that I'm, it's inevitable that I'm going to be late. Mm-hmm. So I'm banking on this, the idea that when I'm late, that people aren't going to give me a hard time. Mm-hmm. Right. I know this about myself, mm-hmm. but I am often annoyed when people are late. I just mm-hmm. don't make a fuss. Right. Because mm-hmm. in my head, I'm like, I just want to set the standard that people don't get in trouble <laughs> for being late. I'm the one that's going to be late next time. Right. So it's, it is manipulative yes. and it is signaling. Yes, right. Yes. It's not my authentic feeling. Feelings. Right. What I should be saying is like, I'm annoyed you're late, you know, yes. and and then I should either be a good timekeeper or next time I'm late and I get that back, tolerate it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's that's the authentic to, thing to do. But, you know, my own stuff, I'm working on it. Like, this is mm-hmm. a good example of like you're sort of you, you manipulate your behavior because of this golden rule thing that right. we're like putting out there. Right. 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 And it's kind of a little bit manipulative, a little bit like I want to put, you know, the problem with that is that over long term, it's not sustainable mm-hmm. and it's going to come out because eventually you're going to be pissed. Right. Because you've been holding it, you, it's, it's right. not your and authentic- it's like an exaggerated pissed because it's been <laughs> building up. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, I would just like I, for you, I'd just be like, I'd wonder, mm-hmm. you know, what the like deep, 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 deep down. Are yeah. you kind of like. Are you programming yourself? Are you like manip- are you um, controlling your own behavior and showing mm-hmm. up a certain way because you want to bank this uh, this this like you want to set the tone for mm-hmm. when it is you mm-hmm. that shows up? Mm. I think honestly, the answer to all these things are just go deep, 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 deep down <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and see what comes up. <laughs> right, exactly, and do that in a way that is. I think the other responsibility here is to have conversations with people in times and spaces when they can receive it. 
Mm-hmm. And so even when you're having a conversation around what fidelity is and looks like or what integrity means, doing that in a non-triggered state, mm-hmm. doing that where it's, a, in a, to your point, a place of positivity and what we're trying to uphold as opposed to what we're trying to prevent mm-hmm. and doing the work maybe beforehand and saying, OK, I want to prevent this. But what is that rooted in? Mm-hmm. What am I actually mm-hmm. trying to preserve or maintain through this act of prevention? Yes. Yeah. I think once you hit the hit like the the like once you hit to the bottom and you find oh I'm trying to prevent this, mm-hmm. there will be like that's like a shadow side, right? Mm-hmm. There will be a flip side of that that is bright and sunny and 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 warm and cozy, mm-hmm. and and setting that as a goal, setting that as a value is gonna is gonna make the relationship like a brighter, sunnier place mm-hmm. than if the whole relationship is based on like trying to prevent, 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 prevent. Like that's just everything is in the shadow side. Like everything mm-hmm. is in darkness. You're trying to like prevent these darknesses. Mm-hmm. But if you instead s- look at those things, like they are your truth. They, we all, they are our mm-hmm. truth. And we are like just th- the way the human mind works, right? We are often, men- we are more motivated by, you know, the carrot and the stick. We are more motivated by, by the stick, right? Yeah. We, are, we ultimately want to prevent pain. The brain is, is designed to prevent pain. Yeah. So it is, um, it makes sense that we are driven by things that we want to prevent. And that makes a dark life. Right. Because as you're saying this, I can think of people in my life who I know who are in prevention state at all times, sure. trying to essentially like kick the can down the road and continue to kick it and kick it and kick it. And like, if I create more boundaries, if I say, well, we need to have another conversation about it. If I like, then hopefully it'll go away for them. Mm-hmm. This desire for them to open their relationship or to do whatever will eventually go away. Mm-hmm. But you're then always living in this like state of tension, mm-hmm. the state of, of like waiting for the bomb to drop and like holding your breath and I've been in that place. So there is no there's no judgment at all. I know the pain of sitting in the space of like holding your breath and waiting. And I don't and, and the, the only answer, at least for me in that was just to let go of some of that control mm-hmm. to remember I had been in relationships in the past that I was desperate for it to go well. And now looking back, I am so glad that mm-hmm. we're not in that relationship anymore. So like remembering that like life and the universe and things turn out the way as they yeah. should um, and lean into that. But it is really hard and it's uncomfortable hard. when it's, you're in that space. Absolutely. It's super hard. And, and, and it's like bio, you biochemically are enforced yeah. in that way as well. So absolutely, it's, it takes practice. And again, I, you know, this meditation is, is all those muscles that we don't use. This is why meditation is a thing that you need to do on the side, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to help these muscles. Um, I'll give you an example. One of the common fears that um, drive people, we all have it to a degree, for some people it's much more acute, is fear of abandonment, mm-hmm. right? So you can look, look at your behavior in relationship, monogamous, non-monogamous, polyfidelitas, whatever your relationship, your work life, any kind of relationship. Look at your behaviors that are aligned with preventing this idea of abandonment, mm. right? And then you can look at that and look at your behavior so you get a good understanding of, you know, know thyself. Yeah. And then see what the what the bright side of that is, which is um, it's a need for connection. It's a need for community, mm-hmm. right? So you can now, if you now look at your behavior and instead of aligning it to be, uh, for fear of abandonment to prevent abandonment Mm -hmm. you can now align it to creating community creating connection Mm -hmm. right you're going to get to the same thing but the the behavior is going to be so much more wholesome and it's going to be so much more um 
in service of you and the people around you. Right. And two things to note, think, think there. One is, I think sometimes, at least for myself, when I hear abandonment, it makes me think like left. I'm going to come home one day and my wife's stuff is gone. And the reality of it, it's more like emotional abandonment, like feeling something and feeling yeah. no longer connected to the person who's lying next to you. Yeah. And you feel like you're in it on your own. Like that's the more common, re I think, representation of feeling abandoned. Like you're left for to sure. this thing on your own. And... And I think that we often also, in our desire to protect ourselves, self-sabotage. You know, I'm thinking of all the times when I, I've been in the midst of conflict with one of my, you know, with my wife or my partner. And I'm like, leave me alone. I want to be left. Mm -hmm. And then they come to check on me and they're like, you know, can I come close? And I'm like, no, I do not. Now, of course I do. <laughs> like the only thing I desperately want in that moment is to be held and loved and told that everything's going to be okay. But there's some voice inside of me that's like, I must protect myself from their love because then I may lose it at some point. And so I push them away. And then there's where the manipulation comes in because then I'm like, well, how many times will you withstand my pushes away and continue to come towards me testing and i'm gonna right i'm testing how mm -hmm. much you care about me because if after four times you get exhausted and you stop then you really didn't love me and you were trying <laughs> enough like it's you know it's, it's terrible this this like mind game that we play with ourselves but i think that there's a reality in that of of when do when are we self-sabotaging and mm -hmm. when are we doing things that are going to actually stop us from connecting in in this hope that then we will build a fortress around us that we won't need that and that mm -hmm. that moment will never come where we don't need that yeah that's um again that's know thyself right you need to un the fact that you know that about yourself right is, is the first first start and and there are other ways you know that's that's um so that's one way of doing it, right? So you're like, you're saying as one version of how you want connection, but you push it away to like, to make sure that it's proven to you. No, yeah, yeah. But don't really, but maybe <laughs> um, sit next to me, but like, don't look at me. <laughs> right? exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Put your hand on me, but don't rub it. And just like inch, inch away yeah. into loving me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's only, and the other way is like, um, you know, the other extreme of that is like, you're like, you want to see them at all times. Don't leave mm -hmm. my sight. Don't leave my, like, I want text every day, every hour. Don't leave mm -hmm. my sight. I want to, you know, like, do nothing but gaze into each other's eyes and don't talk to anybody else, right? That's the other extreme of that, of, like, you want connection and you're going about it by, like, suffocating the other person and, and mm -hmm. like, shutting everything down, right? So those are all strategies to, to, to meet this need. Mm -hmm. And there are adaptive strategies and there are maladaptive strategies, mm -hmm. right? Um, and if you keep doing the same thing and it's not working, you might want to look at your strategy, right? right. Your, 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 your need is clear, mm -hmm. like it's a need for connection. Often, if we have a fear of abandonment, it has a dark side of a need for connection, a need mm -hmm. for community. And I want to also, you know, often talk about need for connection. I really want to bring in this idea of need for community, yes. right? Connect sometimes when we think about connection, we just mean, we sometimes get stuck on this idea of like connection with one person, yeah. right? When we have a fear of abandonment, it's not just connection, but it's also community. We are pack mm -hmm. animals. Humans are pack animals. We used to live in tribes. We've only been living in the siloed way that we do in the last few hundred years. It's nothing in the grand scheme of humanity. It's a it's a heartbeat mm -hmm. that we've been living the way we've been living. We were supposed to live in tribes, in packs, in communities. Um, so when we are riddled with this fear of abandonment and all we want to do is prevent it, right now where we are in humanity, our 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 sort of mind when we're doing the work is to go to connection. 
it's also community. Yeah. It's more than one person. It's a, it's it's family. It's it's friends. It's broader network. It's your neighbors. It's you know moms that you have play dates with. Mm-hmm. You know it's so you really need to cultivate that as well. Yeah, I can't tell you the amount of messages that we get about the podcast or that I get in Instagram, I'm sure that you do too, that when we share out stories that people feel like some of the things that they've never spoken out loud are now they're hearing or reading and that feels normalized now for them. Like, oh, okay, I'm not the only one in the struggle. And that sense of community, that was what drew me to Curious Fox originally was realizing, oh, I'm not the only one, this very lonely feeling that I have. I am not the only one. And so even if it is finding community as a point of healing on your journey towards feeling connected and full and not desperate for you know trying to prevent things because now you have this there's a community of people who are on that journey too for sure absolutely absolutely and i do you know it's a value that you can assign to your relationship Mm -hmm. like the you know we talked about what are the values that you want to assign community like to to have community as a part Mm. of your to create community to use your relationship to create community Mm -hmm. is also a legitimate very acceptable um way about going about your relationship Mm -hmm. you know if you really want to look at the the very sort of edge of polyamory where essentially what you what people are creating are micro communities Mm -hmm. through connection um of you know love care and 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 sex yes or no right Mm -hmm. um ultimately for from I would look at those relationships and say, oh, one of their values is community. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. that support network. Yeah. Um. So I'm not. I love is, that idea. This is not for me to like. This is not me telling everybody go and be polyamorous. Everybody, <laughs> no. like, this is not what I'm saying. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a lot of work. Um. But I'm. I, all I'm saying is, um. Look at the relationships. Look at your value. Look at the. Look at the values that you want to assign to your relationships. Mm-hmm. Think about fidelity beyond just sexual fidelity. Yes. And really think about what is it that you want to be faithful to? Yes. Not just the person, but if you think again, going mm. back, it's 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 a it's faithful to a person, to a cause or a belief. Yeah. So it is a trifecta, and you kind of have to have that trifecta in your relationship mm. too. I love that. And yeah, I think that you know, you talked about this before about framing things in the affirmative. So when people think, well, if not fidelity, then what? Like then so many other things. I'm like, then like deep conversation, then agreement around values, then like excitement and adventure and journeying together. Like when you don't just have the default of, well, we won't sleep with someone else. Well, if we're not going to do that, then like what else is there? I'm like this whole world (laughs) of like of of co-establishing and co creating and collaborating on this what will we be and how will we show up to the world and what's this adventure going to be like like it's actually really exciting yeah when you throw away the default and you decide that we're going to figure it out together for sure for sure i would add to that is if fidelity and then what Ah, as well right because i do want it to yes i don't want to also um Fidelity is a legit, like, yes. sexual fidelity. Yes. Uh, first of all, I think fidelity in its original sense of the word, this idea of faithfulness to a person, a cause or a belief, demonstrated mm-hmm. by continuing loyalty and support, is a noble yes. value. Yes. In its original form, it applies to relationships. It's perfect. If we then assign that, if we then go further and say, by the way, this relationship also has sexual fidelity as a part of the values, great. And then what? 
what else mm-hmm. you know or emotional in some constructs uh there are within their guidelines people can have sexual relationships with somebody else but not necessarily have an emotional connection so whatever that looks like amongst the yeah. dynamic and agreement yeah. within the yeah. people so just just Mm-hmm. And what? And, you know, and what? what else? And what else? And what, yes. what am I trying to? What am I trying to create? What am yes. I trying? What is it that I love that I want to? I want to preserve. What is it that I dream of that I want to create? Yeah. Those things are all available within the relationship. If we um, can really get into a place of creation and and preserving the the, the what what feels good, what serves, yeah. and creating what we dream of. Um, then really anything is is possible. It's when we're held mm. back, when we feel like when we feel unsafe, when the fear kicks in. It's all around prevention, prevention, yeah. prevention. I want to prevent my partner leaving me. I want to prevent yes. being alone. I want to prevent yeah. you know um, losing my identity. Right, like yes. all those things um, are Oof. all from places of prevention. Yeah, yeah. I think that's my biggest takeaway from this conversation is to root things in what we are trying to create as opposed to what we are trying to prevent. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And to, and to, to, to talk values, talk about values and to talk about in, acting within integrity around those values. Yeah. 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 And, and I would say re like revisit and really understand what we mean when we say fidelity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that right, not just to a person, but a cause, an a idea, belief. belief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And make your relationship that. Like, make yeah. your relationship a cause, a belief, like something oh, that wow, you want to be faithful to, um, and 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 work around that. You know, oh, and it's it. a common goal, mm-hmm. right? Then you're not then stuck in a dyad, triad, whatever your configuration, but you then have a h- higher purpose yeah. of being together. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. Ooh, I'm for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about the movement. I'm about that. That sounds right to me. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for bringing in topic. <laughs> and this is a great. I'm, I'm glad we talked about it. You came in this morning. You're like, I know what we're going to do. I about. know. I was like, I this often will happen. I'm like, all right, Coach Effie Blue. <laughs> I got something for you. And if you actually out there in the world are interested in asking us questions, we have a Curious Fox podcast hotline yes. that we have set up just for you. So you can call 201-870-0063. If you have a question that you would like to us to explore on the show, you give us a call. We will play your question on as a part of the podcast. And so you can give us whatever information you want or not want mm-hmm. if you don't want it on, on air. Um, but call us at 201-870-0063. We'll put it in the show notes as well. But we have set up this phone line because we each get questions all the time and we answer as many as we can, but we want to make sure that other folks are the beneficiaries of these questions and answers because Absolutely. they're so universal. The things yes. that we're being asked, we're like, oh, we need to talk about this. Everybody needs to know yes, this. Yes, I, I assure you, if you have a question, somebody else is asking that question. Yes. You're not the only one, I assure you. Yes. So, um, so call us. Leave us a, a message. We'll play it, and um, and I would then actually then I would re- if you're especially if you're doing that, but just in general, um, like us, follow us um, on We Are Curious Foxes on Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon. You will see from the comments that you're not alone, um, and so I really encourage you to if you listen to us, please follow us. We uh, we are Curious Foxes on Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon. Also, please, please, please like, review, and share the podcast. It really makes a difference, um, especially on Apple Podcasts. Um, it once one it allows us um, 
contact to you like we actually hear what you're what you want how you feel about the, the podcast any kind of feedback good bad ugly mm -hmm. we'll hear it um and at the same time it really puts us on the map we are our mission is to change the noise that is our hashtag change the noise there is a one homogenous one tone one fits one size fits all noise out there that that gives us a prescription on love sex and relationships we want to change that noise we want to be one note away from that mm -hmm. that 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 noise and there are other podcast podcasts out there as well so it is our mission and it really really makes a difference if you like us review us it puts us on the map it does it does and if you can if you follow us on any of those platforms instagram and and facebook in particular and you share any of our posts that also is really helpful because it allows more more people to be have access to the message and to see the to have access to the work if you have a question but are feeling shy and do not want to it to be recorded you can email it to us and we can ask someone on our team to read it on your behalf mm -hmm. if you email us at listening at wearecuriousfoxes.com you can just let us know what you think about the show will let us know if there are topics in the future that you'd like us to explore and if you just have any messages any questions we love hearing from people we do we do and last but not least um it does take a lot of effort it takes a team of people to put this podcast together to put our programming together and we do need your support we do have a patreon um, it, we, we're putting a lot of um, content in there. We recently restructured, restructured it to make sure that we can really add value. Uh, we put a lot of um, videos there and a lot of information there. We do need your support. Uh, if you go to patreon.com forward slash we are curious foxes, um, you'll, you'll get to our little Patreon page. Please, please support us. Anything helps. Um, buy us a cup of coffee is what we say. Yeah. Um, it really does $5 make a difference. a week. Yeah. That's, that's all it takes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really, it makes a huge difference. So please, please, please um, support us. And you get goodies. If you're in the New York area or planning on visiting New York, you can get free tickets to yes. some of our in-person events. Yes, absolutely. We have some fun parties that are coming up. Yeah. Uh, embrace the warmth on behalf yeah. of upcoming spring. We're excited about that. We have panel discussions that we do and we have other events, uh, including presents and educated letter events. So, if you're interested in coming to any of those, if you can't make it to those, you should check out our Facebook group where we live stream our educator-led events. And then when we do our next panel discussion, you'll be able to find it here on our podcast. Yeah. So we're all over the place. Um, we love you and we would really like your support. Yes. And until next time, stay curious, stay friends. Stay curious. Curious Fox podcast is not and will never be the final word on any topic. We solely aim to encourage curiosity and provide a space for exploration through connection and story. We encourage you to listen with an open and curious mind and we'll look forward to your feedback. Stay curious, friends. Stay curious. 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 Stay curious.